0: Ducks, known for being birds. Famous for quack. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why ducks are secretly incredibly fascinating. There folks, welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt and I'm very much not alone. First of all, I'm joined by my co-host, Katie Golden. Katie, hello, happy middle of the Maximum Fun Drive.
1: Yeah, happy middle of the Maximum Fun Drive day to you too, Alex.
0: I know everybody has the little automatic Google Calendar thing, but I really want to yeah. just emphasize it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got a ping about it. I got a ding and a ping about it.
0: And uh, and folks, the last official day of the drive is March 31st, this Friday. So please, you know, take the plunge if you've never supported the show before. If there's never been a better time. And you can also support this network that we are so overjoyed to be part of and for the first time with a drive. Uh, and as you heard, we do bring guests some of the time in general, but especially during this drive as a celebration. Two wonderful guests join us today. You know them from many podcasts, from award-nominated graphic novels, from all sorts of things. And they also podcast together as Jordan, Jesse, go. Please welcome Jordan Morris and Jesse Thorne. Hello. Hey. Hey, hey. Good to be here. What a thrill. What a thrill. And Jesse, welcome back. You're previously on the Murr episode. And Jordan, welcome,
2: welcome for the first time. I'm I'm glad to be here for the first of many times. I'm just saying it now. You will be having yeah. me back constantly.
3: I'm so happy to be here for the final time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Glad to be here for kind of my middle appearance. I'm going to come mm-hmm. on one or two more times and then call it.
0: And <laughs> in the, in the run-up starting this, Jordan, you mentioned that you had a past episode topic you wanted to dive into,
2: get into. Uh, Yeah, this is just, I need some semantic clarification. Um, on a, on a recent episode about Ferris wheels you were doing. Fascinating yeah. episode, by the way, if people haven't heard the Ferris wheel episode. Thank you. Give it a download. Fun and funny. Give it
1: a whirl.
2: Give, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but you know,
1: <laughs> if do Ferris sure. wheels Do Ferris wheels whirl. Is that your question?
2: Uh, no, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> I guess I, I,
2: can. I, uh. I associate whirling with going really fast, but mm. I guess they do. It's a slow whirl, a slower whirl. Anyway, you know, a similar language <laughs> issue uh, that your episode raised, uh, Katie. When you were talking about Ferris wheels and kind of like getting sick on them, you used the phrase um, uh, "horking up corn dogs."
1: Oh yes, yes. <laughs> now <and
2: me. laughs> I was under the impression that what one horked down something like mm. if you're a, you know mm. you're an excited kid you're getting your first corn dog you hork it down
1: hmm.
2: but you you used it as horking up to mean yes you know vomiting i guess mm-hmm. um do, do we know definitively do you hork up or do you hork down
1: Well, what horks down must also be horked up, I suppose. I feel like horking...
2: (sighs) That is so true. That is so true. Now more than ever.
1: I feel like horking is omnidirectional. It's an omnidirectional sort of horking. You breathe in, you breathe out. You hork in, you hork out.
3: (laughs) To live is to hork.
1: (laughs) What are are we
2: on this (laughs) earth
3: to do but hork? I think horking is an act of extraordinary passage. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so any, whether whether
2: up or down, it's kind of like the enthusiasm that matters? Is that what you're saying, Jesse? The
3: vigor. Yeah, it's a sort of a matter of vigor and volume, the two Vs. Okay. <laughs> and when I say volume, I mean volume in terms of amount of uh, content and in terms of level of noise. That's the two Vs of volume. Mm-hmm. So it's the two Vs, one of which is also two Vs.
1: I thought it was the three Vs with viscosity as well.
3: Yeah, viscosity is also, and of course, you have to worry about thermal breakdown. Mm That's what they say in motor oil commercials. (laughs) Viscosity and thermal breakdown. I was wondering if it was maybe a
2: regional thing. Like, east of the Mississippi, you hork up. (laughs) And And west of
3: the Mississippi, you best foods. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, I grew up in... uh, I
2: guess.
1: I grew up in southern southern california so i'm not really sure if it's regional to southern california or if it's regional to me uh katie
3: like to your house
1: (laughs) i mean i don't even know if my family says it to be honest
3: so you're saying it's regional to you in the same way that rain cloud that's raining on you right now is regional to you
1: (laughs) and my tiny umbrella that just covers my head
2: I mean, I, I guess I can torpedo that because I also grew up in Southern California and I'm and I'm and I'm horking down over here. So I see. I did
0: as an Illinoisian. I just I just followed it so smoothly when she said it on the Ferris wheel show. I was like, I know exactly what she means. And I haven't heard this before. But at the power and the, of this vernacular, I'm in. I'm going. Okay. Forget ducks. This is the episode. (laughs) Well, I'm excited
3: to be on this special episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating about horking. Yes. (laughs) Hork is the title of this week's episode.
1: It is what ducks do. They do hork.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Great segue. Uh, What's the chant
0: for Mighty Ducks? It's just quack, right? So then we all start chanting hork. Just hork. 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 Hork.
2: hork, hork. (laughs) <laughs> and then you get into their famous formation, the Flying V, which is wow. something that was Before said earlier so yeah. that
1: we did mention v's it does tie together.
2: this episode is good. <laughs> the podcast is good, everything's good. <laughs> Because well, with this topic,
0: Ducks, like let's start with our relationship to it or opinion of it. Uh, our our guest, Jordan
2: Jesse, either of you can start, but how do you feel about Ducks? Very pro. Something that Ducks have given us is all of the... I will not say all. Some of the greatest cartoon characters of all time yeah. are Ducks. And I'm speaking specifically... Of Yakky Doodle, the famous Hanna-Barbera duck <laughs> yeah, that's sure. friends with a dog. I think there might be some other cartoon ducks, but I'm mostly interested in Yakky Doodle.
3: Yeah, well, you never worked on a Looney Tunes cartoon where you were encouraged to use <laughs> secondary characters from the Looney Tunes universe. <laughs>
2: listen i'm a company man (laughs) there's a new season of Jellystone coming to hbo max soon featuring lots of yakky doodle content
1: (laughs) i can't believe you didn't mention baby huey oh baby huey that's another good yeah
2: he is a um he's a harvey character yeah and an icon of course um but i think he's from the harvey family of characters yeah but but yes, an icon. We stand. We have no choice <laughs> but to stand a diaper legend. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, German- but yes, uh, I I like ducks because of their association with some of some of the greatest cartoons of all time. Um, yeah. We joke, but Donald and Daffy, so funny, still to this day. Um, yeah, legends, both of them.
3: I have two associations with ducks. One is that my father was a duck collector. He had a duck collection. Oh. And um, I even, on my desk, I have a duck that he collected (gasps) that I took from his house after he passed away. And um, I don't know why he collected ducks, uh, but he did. He had quite a number of them. And I think also that speaking to Jordan's point... The duck is one of the funniest birds, the reason being that it has all of the weird belligerence and flat beak of a goose, but it's (laughs) not actually scary. So like a goose, if you've ever had a goose come at you, it's genuinely scary. Whereas if a duck was bothering you, you would just laugh in its face. Wow. Wow. I, I never thought about them that way,
0: but I think that's my childhood association with them walking around the arboretum in our town with Canada geese being threatening. But mm, the ducks yeah. were fine. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the ducks are like,
1: <laughs> brow, brow, brow. yeah, the duck is the dinosaur that nature has humiliated. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you velociraptors in a couple million years, you're going to be <laughs> a real silly billy. <laughs>
3: Despite working in public radio, I'm not a birder, but uh, my colleague, Kevin, who's the producer of my public radio show, Bullseye, is. And our office overlooks MacArthur Park Lake in Los Angeles, which is a very popular landing spot for waterfowl. And he will point out different ducks to me. And we have binoculars in the office. And um, ducks are genuinely remarkably beautiful in their many varietal forms and that is a really cool thing about ducks because they land right there in next to my office in the middle of los angeles and are yeah. seem like a you know a thousand varieties of uh, of tulip
0: oh <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's this is such sweet duck stuff yeah do you know the duck food joke This was like the only joke I knew as a kid. I don't think so. Yeah, it's a duck goes into a delicatessen and he looks up at the guy at the counter. He says, hey, got any duck food, duck food, duck food? And the guy at the counter says, no, this is a delicatessen. Get out of here. And the next day the duck comes back. He looks up at the guy at the counter. He says, hey, uh, got any duck food, duck food, duck food? And the guy at the counter says, this is a human delicatessen. I can't have birds in here. Get out of here. And the next day, the duck comes back. He he looks up and he says, hey, uh, got any duck food, duck food, duck food? And the guy at the counter says, I swear to God, if you come back in here and ask me that one more time, I will nail your feet to the floor. Get out of here. And the duck leaves. And the next day, the duck comes back and he looks up at the counter. He says, got any nails? And the guy says, no. And he says, got any duck food, duck food, duck food? (laughs) hey. (laughs) Hey.
1: (laughs) I, hey. <laughs> I heard that joke growing up. I always heard grapes, uh like uh. the duck wanted grapes, which is odd to me because I was I would always get hung up on the joke and I wouldn't laugh because I was thinking too hard about like why would a duck want grapes? I've never seen a duck eat grapes.
2: Yeah, that's something I I I'm wondering if we'll get into during the duck facts. Um what do ducks eat in the wild? I know that we feed them, you know, bread or like pellets if you're at a petting zoo or something. But but without yeah. human interference, what do ducks eat? I don't know. Let's, let's dive into
0: that. Because uh, uh, on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week that's in a segment called... Twenty twenty (pop) twenty four stats to go. Do research for the SIF pod. Math to do and figures to quote. Do research for the SIF pod.
2: ( Current視¬]
0: (pop) 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 (ZY] (pop) (pop) Hey, beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guest guitarist Jordan Morris.
2: One two three four. I forgot to do that. (laughs) Can we do it again where I remember to say one two three four?
0: Oh uh, the,
3: man! I just was... got a telegram, Jordan. You're not punk rock anymore. Oh boy. Oh, well, no.
2: I guess I guess I'm a jock now. <laughs> Time to listen to Van Halen or whatever.
0: I also really want a punk rock scene telegram, man. That would be great. He has the little hat, but yeah. the also black t shirt, <laughs> <Yeah>. chains, <laughs> skinny suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> And and that song name was submitted by Johnny Davis. Thank you, Johnny. We have a new name for this every week. Please make a silly way and bad as possible. Submit through the SIF Discord or to SIFpod at gmail.com. And the first number here is about what ducks eat. Because in general, ducks are omnivores. They will eat uh, either grasses or invertebrates or fish. But uh, the first number here is six million loaves of bread. Because six million loaves of bread is the estimated annual bread that humans feed to ducks in England and Wales.
3: Wow. Wow. Holy cow. And just think, at tuppence a bag, think about how much money that is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. The tuppence
1: tuppence ceiling needs to be raised. Yeah, I think so.
2: Are they bigger? I mean, it would make sense, but are they bigger duck feeders over there than we are over here?
0: Yeah, I, I just couldn't get U.S. numbers. I think we have not bothered tra- to track
2: it. tracks. It. I mean, yeah. it tracks.
3: But.
1: Now we got to do a FOIA on the duck bread.
3: Yeah. The NRA won't let America track duck feeding statistics. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. Powerful lobby. <laughs> They're afraid of what we, we might learn. Mm. <laughs> well, and, and right away, in
0: general, experts say don't feed bread to ducks. Yes. Uh, Apparently bread is the equivalent of junk food for them. Uh, It can leave them without other nutrients that they need. Uh, It can also contribute to bacteria and water if the bread just gets left there and not scooped up by a duck. Um, But instead of bread, the UK Canal and River Trust, who got this number, they recommend feeding... If you're going to feed ducks at all, feed them leafy greens or feed them corn, peas, carrots, oats, seeds, rice... um, just all sorts of different like basic food for an omnivore works but especially vegetable kind of stuff interesting
1: have you ever seen videos of ducks going after a bowl of peas
0: no <laughs>
1: you should it <laughs> it's like one a fun of my video it's one of my favorite genre of videos is ducks going ham on a bowl of peas and there are surprisingly many of them and they're all very very good the sound is very good the Aesthetics is very good. The entire thing just makes me happy because ducks really love a bowl of peas. They love it.
2: You're getting me hungry. Good. I could, I, I could really go for some duck with ham and peas right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it turns out there are also pet stores that make specially formulated waterfowl food. That's nice. So you can get, spe- you can get like pallets of stuff that is the right duck nutrition.
3: Uh, just don't give them bread but give them lots of other stuff. Costs a lot more than tuppence a bag, needless to say. <laughs> How I mean, I understand
2: why it's better, but I feel like you you would look pretty crazy like down at the pond feeding ducks just out of like a bag of mixed greens, you know? <laughs> people will think people will think there's something wrong with you they would
0: and it's what you should do like even one source i found said you should specifically give them if you have one of those frozen grocery store vegetable bags of like corn and peas and carrots that combo they do mm-hmm. that's awesome for ducks it's a really good idea but it's not
3: what you expect i usually have one of those in the car
0: yeah right <laughs> the next number here is also about duck eating uh but the number is 2 it turns out there are two broad categories of ducks based on how they go about eating because they're all omnivores, but the U.S. Forest Service says there are dabbler ducks and there are diving <laughs> ducks.
2: Wow.
1: There are ducks that just dabble at being ducks and ducks that dive right into being ducks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the there are television dabblers. news
3: stations. There's Doppler ducks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's dilettante ducks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's a it's a shame what happened with those Dilbert ducks, huh? Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
1: Like
3: really, them? Okay.
1: Isn't that just Mallard Fillmore? Oh yeah. yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it really is.
2: Well played. He was was there the whole time, (laughs) right under our noses.
0: I like that we rated him below that Hanna-Barbera secondary duck character when we were listing cartoon ducks. We were like, Mallard Fillmore,
2: not even in the conversation. No, absolutely. (laughs) Cannot hold a candle to the hilarious Yakky Doodle. (laughs) And his dog friend Chopper. I looked it up.
3: Literally on the list of top cartoon ducks, Mallard Fillmore is below those quotation marks that represented George W. Bush in Doonesbury. That's how low I put (laughs) Mallard Fillmore.
1: Wasn't he a cowboy hat?
3: Oh, yeah, he was a cowboy. What was, the, what was the quotation marks represent then?
1: I thought there was like a little asterisk, Something
3: right? else not funny? <laughs> 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 something something Watergate?
0: <laughs> uh, duck eating. So we have dabbler ducks, and what dabbler ducks do is they do most of their eating on the water surface or just below it. Or they kind of nibble at grasses or something. Examples include the pintail, the shoveler, and the mallard. And then diving ducks are ones that dive all the way under the water and swim through it. I I think of penguins when I think of this. They're not this thing, but that kind of swimming under the water. Uh, That includes mergansers, eiders, and golden eyes.
1: I do like that one of those ducks is called the Shoveler, which I feel like would be my sporting name if I was into (laughs) competitive eating. Just call me the Shoveler.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like most people just think about mallards. And according to Bird Note, which is a great public radio show and podcast, they say mallards are the most common duck in the world uh, and also one of the largest. And then the males have distinctive green heads during mating season. And so... Like, that is also kind of everybody's mental duck for a lot of people.
3: I'm sorry to take us off track of ducks here, but I have to say something about Bird Note, the public radio show that's basically just a bird call being played, and then they say something about that kind of bird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like two (laughs) minutes long. Yeah. I go go to the public radio conference sometimes, and it's not the most fun of conferences. Mm -hmm. And the conference floor, not the most fun of conference floors. Nobody is selling anything interesting. There's no booth hunks. Uh, There's (laughs) nothing exciting is happening there except for bird note, which no matter where the conference is brings an enormous live raptor. Whoa. So you'll just be walking Good. along, oh there's the public radio satellite system. Oh, there's the public radio international booth. Oh, there's Sandrit Singh Lo. And then you look over there, you're like, ah, Eagle! <laughs> <laughs> So for that reason, bird note is solid yeah. gold with me forever. It's clutching number a
2: one tote bag in its claws. <laughs> yeah,
3: number <laughs> I- one public radio animal show. Bad news for you, Doctor Zorba. Wait, no, bad news for you. Calling all pets.
1: <laughs> I feel like this is a good moment for me to request if our podcast can have a network eagle. Uh, I was going to say this yeah. earlier, but you know, came up.
2: <laughs> Listen, depends how the pledge drive goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were all getting eagles. I don't know. How how many people are going to maximumfund.org slash join.
0: Like I promise that, but then I think through having an eagle in both of our taping locations, and then I try to sabotage the drive. I'm like, don't give. It's a bad idea. <laughs> I like,
2: cannot I, take care of this eagle.
3: <laughs> like, I kinda wanna wear one of those giant leather gloves. That'd be nice. Make your hand look big. Yeah, you do already have one of those mommy eagle hand puppets for feeding it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, how me and my therapist talk through difficult issues.
2: Yeah. <laughs> through the mommy eagle hand puppet. Next number here, this brings us to
0: some of the cartoon stuff we were talking about. Because it is the date April 17th, 1937. And that is the premiere date of a Looney Tunes short called Porky's Duck Hunt. And that featured an unnamed duck character who irritated the hunter Porky Pig, and then later was named Daffy Duck and reappeared in other Porky Pig shorts mainly starting out.
1: Yeah, I really actually find Daffy Duck's evolution as a character very interesting because he starts out as the loony character. He He's a loose cannon, kind of a chaotic force on the show, um, not necessarily evil, but just Chaos to the more yeah. sort of stuttering uh, surprise of Porky Pig, and he slowly evolves to grow an ego because, like, I think at the beginning of his arc, he's purely id, a hundred percent id, but then he develops ego over the course of many years to become sort of the Daffy Duck we know today, who himself is sort of the the mockable one, not not just this chaotic force, but one who has a reputation he feels he needs to uphold
3: he's also pretty malevolent yeah. like for a hero he's pretty malevolent yeah.
1: he's he has many vices and he's motivated often by greed
0: he's venal i did i rewatched one the other day because i was like isn't there one called the scarlet pimpernel or something And most of the cartoon is him haranguing a Hollywood studio head to give him more like screen time Mm -hmm. and more opportunities in the business, which is just so selfish and also probably beyond anything I understood as a child. Like, how could I follow that? Probably not.
3: Just (laughs) something from Mel Blanc's diary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Man of a thousand voices and only one job? (laughs) Question (laughs) mark.
0: Yeah. And. That's all dead on. Like Daffy in that very first short apparently mostly made that like woohoo noise he makes when he kind of loses his mind in later cartoons. And uh, he's gone on to be, according to TVTropes.org, the third most appearances of any Looney Tunes character behind Porky and Bugs. He's probably Uh,
3: the funniest, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's definitely like, like, you know, a high status idiot, which is like such a great comedy character um yeah yeah i mean like one of the one of the one of the funniest cartoon characters ever no no shade at donald who was also pretty funny but um you know yeah daffy you know you, you love to see daffy getting taken down a peg it's 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 always hilarious
1: I feel like Daffy is us. Like, we want to be a Bugs, but really, right. when, when we introspect, we are a Daffy, and I think that is important to the character. Oof,
2: boy, I mean, I know you three are Daffys, but I'll be honest here. I'm just a yacky doodle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a yacky doodle over here.
2: <laughs> Barely Never- remembered to history. <laughs> Mostly forgotten.
3: I'm the quotation marks from Doonesbury, and I literally can't re- remember what those are. was <laughs> talking quotation marks—I don't remember. General Norman
2: Schwartzkopf—I don't probably. Know. <laughs> when did anything happen? <laughs>
0: and with the with Daffy, I'm I'm gonna link pictures because. I also liked finding out that he has looked almost exactly the same across his entire run. It's the same, like, black body with a white ring on the neck. And and that's partly because he started in black and white cartoons. Uh, But also that has led people on the Internet to claim that they, like, achieved birder stuff and figured out what species
3: he is. (laughs) Really? This is, Uh, though, is a hot dog a sandwich of birders?
0: I think kind of, yeah. Like, you're trying to... ID Daffy, like you've got the Merlin app open or something, you know? It's very silly to me. What did but, they uh, figure out
3: was the good day from Ice Cubes today? was a good day or whatever <laughs> of birding. <laughs> what is he? Right. They, so I, I disagree
0: with what they think, but I'll link the Cornell Ornithology Lab of the oh, Species. Yeah, they say he's an American black duck. Is the name of the species. That's an actual species name. But it's really a brown looking duck that doesn't really have that neck ring. And I, I sent you folks a picture of one. It, it doesn't look like it's a me, but the internet says that's Daffy's species.
2: It is traditionally
3: the most high confidence duck. I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of this duck. And this is why Cornell is a second tier Ivy League school. Oh boy. Yeah,
1: finally. <laughs> Take him to task. Uh, the
3: Harvard Ornithology <laughs> Lab would never. <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> he kind of looks like a coot, but coots aren't ducks. So riddle me that, Cornell.
0: I also I have learned that coots are a kind of bird, but even knowing that, I just laugh every time I hear about coots. It's great. coot uh, booby. A lot of
2: fun bird names out there.
1: It does. I mean, as a very not not very skilled birder, but I try nonetheless. It does make me sound like a pervert because I'm always going, "Look at that coot over there," and then the mother escorts her child away from me.
2: <laughs> no, coot and a couple of boobies. And let's not forget about that dick dick. I know it's a little dear. But it's also fun to say.
0: When the And another number here, very related to cartoon stuff, is June 9th, 1934. So a few years earlier, June 9th, 1934, is the premiere date of The Wise Little Hen, which was a Walt Disney's Silly Symphony short, and the debut of Donald Duck.
1: I remember that. So
0: Donald was first.
1: I mean, have you seen that short? Because I rem- I remember that short, actually, the one with Duck. Oh, I didn't actually watch it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a story of this chicken and her all of her little chicks are making corn like planting corn. And she goes to Donald Duck and Porky Pig and asks them if they want to help her plant her corn. And yeah, Donald Duck and the miserable layabouts that they are refuse uh, because they're lazy and they do Pretend to have stomach aches, so she goes back. She does all this stuff with her corn. She makes a big corn banquet with, like, corn bread and corn soup, (laughs) I think. Uh, Corn juice. Everything is corn. And so so Donald Duck sees the corn banquet and wants some of that corn. So he asks to come in for the corn. She's like, no, fool, you didn't help me. So then she sends him away. I think with castor oil, which I think in cartoons was... Shorthand for a really nasty medicine.
2: Oh, yeah. Gross hair, yeah. This is something I was curious about if, you know, the cartoons were pulling from science. Are ducks traditionally very close with their nephews? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there is. There is...
3: <laughs> no, but they do wear Tam-O-Shanters.
1: <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, they do all have Scottish accents. Uh, but the... all ducks
3: are
2: Scottish. All ducks are Scottish. A hot dog's a sandwich. All ducks are Scottish.
1: They do. They do imprint on anything. Like basically, when the ducklings hatch, uh, there's like someone there with the duckling. It can be another duck. It can be a human. It can be in scientific setups like colorful objects tied to a pole uh so i yeah i do think nephews could imprint upon their deranged uncle for sure
0: (laughs) yeah i guess i guess they accidentally tapped into something about ducks by having so many duck family stories and disney stuff that that they're like family oriented beings and they're not daffy (laughs) duck always on his own being
3: selfish oh yeah (laughs) When it comes to money pits, are you guys divers or dabblers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Yeah, head first, baby. Right into those coins. Get them in your mouth, spitting them out. Nothing
0: like it. And with, with Donald Duck's origin, it turns out a lot of it was driven by the voice actor. He was, he was sort of the origin of the whole character because it turns out there was a voice actor in L.A. doing various radio comedy voices named Clarence Nash. And Walt Disney just kind of brought him in for a general audition. Like, let's see what stuff you can do. And Walt was so excited about Nash's impression of a family of ducks that he said, use that voice. We have a short coming up called The Wise Little Hen with a duck character. That'll be the voice of the duck. Uh, And then Clarence Nash went on to voice Donald Duck for almost 50 years, starting in 1934, finally in 1983 in Mickey's Christmas Carol.
2: Wow. You know, you know Mel Blanc is the voice of all those Warner Brothers characters, but I guess the people who originated those Disney character voices, um, maybe not as famous. That's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, the fact that I couldn't pull any names of those original Disney voice
3: actors. I guess it's probably a combination of the kind of creative force and creative hegemony in those Disney cartoons that came from Walt Disney himself, and then... Um, the fact that they're not nearly as good or funny—they're way <laughs> less good.
1: Yeah, the mouse. The mouse keeps a tight leash on everyone in that corporation. Nobody gets more famous than the mouse, or else, you know.
3: The Goofy. I
2: was gonna say the one where the the stuff where Goofy learns how to do something by listening to a
3: record. Yeah. Still, yeah, those are pretty funny. Still pretty hilarious good, to this yeah. day. Water skiing and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and we we have a couple of big takeaways for this episode, and and the others are more about. Scientifically, the animal ducks, but this first one is about Disney. Takeaway number one Donald Duck accidentally became a symbol of Chile's military dictatorship.
1: I knew he'd do that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the world's fun. <laughs> It's weird. I knew I knew Donald Duck primarily as a symbol of Uruguay's military dictatorship. Right? <laughs> it is funny, like what cartoon? Like that is just kind of a thing. It's
2: like it, I know that, like in Donald is big in the Netherlands. I just I learned from working for Hanna Barbera briefly that um, Top Cat is big in South America. South America huh. loves Top Cat. Oh, and it's just good for this them. thing of these. Characters who are kind of second tier to us are huge in other countries.
3: When I was a kid, I saw I was in Chiapas, in San Cristobal de las Casas, in in Chiapas, in southern Mexico, and I was friends with this kid named Miguel Angel, and we were just sort of like fast friends. I was only there for a few weeks, but we were like fast friends, and one day he was flipping his wig. I mean, we were like eight years old, and... (laughs) Just like just like coming and grabbing me and my mom, Mickey, like he didn't have any English, and I didn't have very much Spanish. my my mom did, but not me. And just coming Mickey, goofy, Mickey, goofy, Mickey, goofy. And we went and it was a traveling stage show of the Disney characters where they oh. like sang and danced in in Spanish, obviously to promote, I think, Fanta. If I remember correctly, hmm. it was really something else. Like, it was really just like, you could just imagine these sort of dingy Donald Duck heads coming off and somebody smoking a cigarette and being like, I wow. used to do Cervantes, you know? <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> that is, there's two, th- two things that are always surprisingly huge in other countries as are second tier cartoon characters and Fanta. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Turns out, yeah, there's actually in Mexico. This is interesting. In Mexico, there is actually Donald Duck flavored Haribo. Hmm. So that's exciting. Right. Oh,
1: what does Donald Duck taste like?
3: Yeah, it's got a like an orange, orange mint flavor, herbal. Uh, so
1: he's kind of duck all orange, mm-hmm.
0: right? <laughs> yeah, this the basic reason for this story is the weirdness of how. Like, one company in the U.S., especially in the past, in the mid-1900s, would transmit their media. Like, it wasn't just easy to make a movie and put it in every theater in the world or a a global streaming service. And so, like, in the mid-1900s, Disney was kind of not even mainly a movie or TV company in South America. They were mainly a comic book publisher. And then, like, the top Disney product in Chile was comics, and people's favorite were the
3: Donald Duck comics. They were like, "Oh, these are fantastic to read." I mean, here in the United States, Donald Duck is primarily a type of frozen orange juice, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that is the that is like the like the Flintstones are almost exclusively a chewable vitamin at this point, and right. Donald Duck is a frozen orange juice.
0: Yeah, as a, as a kid, I watched a lot of Looney Tunes and watched very little cartoons of these like basic Disney characters of Mickey and Donald and Goofy like I mostly saw the Lion King and stuff but I didn't see them yeah
3: they basically all stink. I mean that's why the goofy ones are a little funny <laughs> and it is funny when Donald Duck goes Wah, rah, 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 rah. but like besides that they're a snooze yeah <laughs> like you see those Looney Tunes ones you're like, oh my God, this is a time transcending masterpiece and then you watch the the Disney ones and you're like well, they make a good sweatshirt for a girl you went to middle school with, <laughs> yeah. And, like, and as
0: people in Chile and, and elsewhere in the world too, but as people in Chile read these comics, like, Donald Duck was a really omnipresent pop culture text and picture
3: character. Well, the and... Donald Duck comic books are pretty good. They, there's a bunch of Don, Donald Duck and Duck family comic books from the 50s and 60s, I guess they must be from maybe the 40s and 50s. Yeah, they were some of the first uh, that,
2: comics to have continuity. They were the first ones to like introduce, you know, the fact that it went it was a story that went on past the issue. Yeah, they're cool. really
3: fun and pleasant to read. I read a bunch of them with my kids when they were little and they're they're really a good time. It, it's probably these same stories but just with
0: Spanish translation. Like the this story really starts in 1971 because uh, at the time Chile had elected a president named Salvador Allende, who was a relatively left-wing and seen as almost revolutionary through democracy figure, like he might really bring the country left and more socialist. And one advisor to the Allende administration was a writer and scholar named Ariel Dorfman, and he co-authored a short book titled How to Read Donald Duck, Imperialist Ideology in the Disney Comic. And this book by an supporters supporter said that Donald Duck is a mouthpiece of conservative right-wing politics and could ultimately be supportive of, you know, something like the Pinochet dictatorship that rolled in uh, a few years later.
3: Wow. Classic Dorfman. <laughs> That's why he's represented by just a
2: talking cowboy hat. <laughs> That's right.
1: Makes you wonder where uh, Un- Unca Scrooge got all that money from.
2: Yeah. I Uh,
1: diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like
0: they, it was Dorfman and a Belgian sociologist co-wrote the book and they basically argued that the stories are like low key uh, supportive of the right wing, but really supportive of being apathetic about politics. Like they did a really close read and argued that like, Duckburg is a bad place to be. The rich always win, and Donald Duck is constantly just letting life be how it is and chasing money and not actually trying to improve the system or or do any sort of positive, progressive
3: upgrading of anything. Yeah. You know what? It's hard just being a duck, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of peas to eat. It is this
0: book is definitely kind of an overread. Maybe of these comics about a duck living in a city, but it's it's what they found.
3: Don't you dare, Alex. I am I have a degree in American studies. There's no such thing as an overread. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the word problematics into any sentence and you've written the American <laughs> studies PhD. I
1: mean, dark duck is so <laughs> Throw
3: diaspora in
2: there.
1: Uh, didactic and diasporic uh, uh-huh. Yeah dar- <laughs> Darkwing duck is a bit of a broken windows Policing kind of uh, symbol Right Symbol of broken windows policing right. of course Yeah
3: A-dab
2: <laughs> Yeah All darkwings All darkwings are bastards oh, Gizmo duck in there too That guy
1: Yeah what is up with him He's got a wheel for a butt
2: I think it's in place of his legs
1: no oh, Okay
0: Right, but the butt is an element of the legs, so you know. Yeah, that's true. What is
2: what is the butt if not the top of the legs?
0: What you know, is, more uh, than ever?
1: No, no, we're talking about ducks here. So, what is the cloaca?
2: Oh, right, oh, yeah. <laughs> probably a cannon or something.
0: And <laughs> so. and yeah, in this like this book, we're we're sort of reading it the way the authors did. Like, let's read as many things as we can find in it. At. But then that book publishes in 1971. And then two years later, General Augusto Pinochet leads a military coup, overthrows Allende. The Nixon administration in the US supports the overthrow. And, you know, you some dictators would probably just let this book go, but Pinochet banned and destroyed the book whenever possible. Uh, apparently, Dorfman would turn on his TV and see like footage of soldiers burning copies of it. The Chilean Navy seized 10,000 copies and dumped them into the ocean. And uh, protesters threw rocks at Dorfman's house windows. One of them tried to run him over with his car. And the attacker with the car shouted, Viva Al Pato Donald, while they did it. Which
3: is Spanish for long live Donald Duck. Uh- oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm just glad someone was standing up to wokeism. and yeah. <laughs> I know I sound like a
2: broken record here, but, I mean, if there was there's a duck for the workers and it's yakky doodle. <laughs> he controls Solidarity forever the, the between yakky doodle and that dog
3: he's friends with, yeah. <laughs> Chopper. I
2: looked it up.
1: Baby Huey is a, is a staunch libertarian.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> You'll Let the, right the market to, decide.
3: Yeah.
1: You <laughs> right take wear his diapers. gun when
2: you pry it from his cold dead diaper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, we have a couple more takeaways coming, but in between, we're going to take a break, drink some OJ, and then we'll be back about the amazing lives of real world ducks.
1: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
2: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
1: (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one.
2: We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
1: What? Hang on.
2: It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan, Jesse, Go. So, I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes.
3: Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that
1: you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there, like, like, really quiet. And try and creep them out. (laughs) It's just really boring.
3: Because of Jordan, right? Not me.
1: Because of both of you.
3: Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for
0: grownups. Folks, we have two more takeaways for the main show here. And the next one is takeaway number two. Ducks are a helpful working animal on farms and a hardy livestock for surviving climate change.
1: I've always seen those ducks toiling away with the duck plow.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: duck, duck drawn carriages, draft ducks.
3: They're strong, but it's hard to get them under the yoke. Right. <laughs> Alex, is their job on a farm? And I look. I haven't seen the episode outline here, but is their job on the farm pooping? It can be part of it,
0: yeah. And there's two different jobs here to talk about. I thought they had zero jobs at all. I thought they were just sitting around, but yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, they're they're friends. Babe needs a best friend character, and there needs to be some kind of comic relief. You know, Babe's got to have someone to talk to about his ambitions and hopes and dreams, and you need something to contrast with Babe. So that's one of the jobs that Duck has on the farm. (laughs)
1: I just like that Alex has been stewing all this time about ducks not having jobs. Just like, get a job, you ducks.
3: <laughs> uh, wokeism <laughs> is killing ducks.
2: <laughs> Too many drag shows. That's, that's the problem.
1: Ducks don't want to work anymore.
2: Right, yes, they're quiet quitting. <laughs> quiet
3: quacking? That's funnier.
1: Uh, yeah, I was, oh, I yeah. was, I was myself thinking about up uh, quiet, what you quacking. could do there. Quiet quacking, yeah.
3: Now all I can think about is trend pieces about ducks. Like, you might be a millennial duck if. Right.
1: <laughs> They're killing the bread industry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this, this first
0: duck farm job almost sounds like a trend piece job to me. Because this is, it's a 2020 article from Alice Obscura. Their journalist covered a grape vineyard in the country of South Africa. But this, this is a more than 300-year-old vineyard, and they just started doing a natural form of pest control, where each morning they release a flock of about 2,000 ducks into their vineyard. <laughs> Sorry. And it's specifically a breed called the Indian Runner Duck, so it, it doesn't fly so much. It like runs around and eats bugs as fast as it can. The pest
3: uh, on these farms is one giant horse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted- of a 1,000 ducks being released.
0: 2,000, yeah. 2,000! Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. Imagine the sound.
0: Yeah, they all, they all run and quack, and then they eat insects. They also eat snails. They, they will even eat the larvae of these kind of animals. And then also they, after eating, defecate in the fields, which is a natural fertilizer for the grapes as well. And so they are working farm ducks at a vineyard.
3: Sorry, guys. I'm watching the AP video of these ducks. Oh, do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could you not? Like, I, I bring this up? they so on. stupid looking.
1: Now just imagine the Jurassic Park soundtrack over this. So majestic.
2: And then just Laura Dern <laughs> looking at them <laughs> in awe.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and then and apparently also the owners said that they, this was their second idea was the ducks and their first idea was chickens, but chickens quote proved not to be so efficient.
3: Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. you can tell a chicken what to do. A duck, yeah, I, it. A duck, I think you can like point that duck in the right direction. A chicken, no, no, I don't see it with a chicken.
3: <laughs> yeah, Too busy listening to REM and drinking OK Cola. <laughs> Disaffected. Right. Gen chickens X chickens. Are, the,
2: chickens are the Gen X bird. Yeah. <laughs> ducks <laughs> are millennials.
3: Chickens are Gen they X. Believe, ducks believe in a, that we can build a world without invasive snails. Right. And of course, boobies are zoomers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always on TikTok showing their plumage.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: I think turkeys uh, are boomers. Just real turkey. <laughs> <old> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: And of course penguins are the greatest generation. Thank you for yes. your service. We <laughs> you salute you, penguins. <laughs>
1: this is shockingly accurate.
3: Uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever had this problem with puffins? Uh, hello, what are you going to do about the teapot dome scandal? Yes, that's right. Puppins are from, is that the Gilded Age? Seems right. (laughs) Because they wear little tuxedos, yeah.
2: Right.
0: (laughs) Well, there's another kind of working duck here. And uh, it turns out this is a Japanese rice farming technique called aigamo. Uh, And it's also being spread worldwide now that there's more mass media to tell people about it. What you do is you plant your rice at the same time you introduce hundreds of baby ducklings into the rice paddy.
3: It used to be more of a college radio thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Makes the dean so mad. Can't catch all. But apparently you do this in early June is the exact timing. And then these seedlings of rice and the ducklings grow up together.
1: And and they become friends.
0: Uh, Well, not so much, but a very (laughs) unlikely animal friendship here. (laughs) Because apparently it's a thing where rice plants have too high of a silica content for a baby duck to eat it. And so you leave them together for six weeks. The ducklings eat all of the other plants and weeds and make room for the rice. And then after six weeks, you remove the growing ducks and let those become adults eat those ducks and then also have thriving rice.
1: Do they remove them with, like, those little nets that you get, like, at the carnival where you try to scoop up the duck from the rotating thing, but the net's kind of hard to handle, and then you don't get a prize?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Each farmer gets a big bear. Like,
3: oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> wow. All right. A Guns N' Roses mirror.
2: Sure. <laughs> Stewie from Family Guy, but with dreadlocks? <laughs> This license probably isn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the 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 very last story. It's about raising ducks as poultry, but it's because of climate change. And the the magazine, The Atlantic, they sent somebody to Bangladesh in 2019 and found out that due to flooding that's new from climate change in Bangladesh, people are raising ducks instead of chickens. And it's for the extremely simple reason that ducks swim. And yes. chickens uh, will just are not good swimmers and also stupid. So they'll just sort of let themselves drown if, if water comes in. But uh, but ducks will just do the thing that ducks stereotypically do. Makes perfect sense.
3: What would you say are our top five floating livestock? <laughs> yeah, I think ducks are one. Number one, yeah. it's got to be bushy sheep, right? Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> the lanolin <laughs> sure keeps <laughs> it buoyant.
1: Goat with waders, those little puffy, inflatable yeah. waders Oh, on a goat. yeah,
3: sure.
2: <laughs> like, swim wings, sure. Yeah, water Let's wings. say diving horse from early 19th century circus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: Oh, and factory meat farm in a boat. Oh, man. We had to bum us out, Jesse. Sorry. Stupid number five. Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Well, there's one last fast takeaway for the main show. It is takeaway number three. Millions of North America's ducks gather and breed based on the past movements of glaciers. It turns out there is a whole region of uh, the U.S. and southern Canada called the Prairie Pothole Region. And it's full of kind of divots in the land that become wetlands in the spring. Where millions and millions of ducks will all
3: gather to breed. That's amazing. I'm I'm excited to find out. That I've been in the wrong place to breed this whole time. <laughs> you gotta get yourself to the wetlands. You know what I mean. <sighs> all these years, I wondered why I wasn't breeding. Why won't anyone gather with me? I said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't follow in the wake of a glacier.
0: I, I like the idea that cool guys really know glacier movements. Like, that's how they <laughs> yeah. get the ladies.
3: <laughs> hey, Four Eyes. Where, what do you think carved this canyon, baby?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm following glaciers here.
1: <laughs> oh, nice ice sheet, nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm
3: reading books. Uh, I'll see you out at the fjord tonight. <laughs> and
2: then he hits the glacier and it plays rock around the clock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and this uh, so this region, it's more than 300,000 square miles of the Dakotas, Minnesota, Montana, and the Prairie Provinces of Canada, That's the traditional land of the Ochedi-Chicoan people and the Cree people, many other groups. Um, but it's distinctive for this place where the Laurentide Ice Sheet a few million years ago, advanced across it and then receded. And so that left behind huge stuff like the Great Lakes, but also tiny wetlands. And every year that attracts an estimated 8 to 10 million ducks, plus up to 1 million geese. It's the main breeding area for at least seven entire species of North American ducks. Uh, And then they like go elsewhere to live after they're done breeding. I didn't know there was this huge gathering of them going on.
1: I hate to bring this energy to the podcast, but I keep imagining the smell.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think ducks do smell pretty bad, right? Or I, yeah, I don't think I've smelled many ducks, but I feel like you know, in in petting zoo situations that I've been in, um, they're not, they're a smellier bird.
1: They're not as bad as penguins. Penguins, I think, are yeah. one of on the worst end of smell because it's the fish. Poop. It's sort of the liquid fish poop, but I'm just like, you know, millions of ducks all having sex at the same time can't be a good fragrance.
3: Yeah, San Francisco in the '70s. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Because it's it's very specifically for that for getting together uh, this thing. And the when they go there, the females spend their spring eating and building up nutrients for egg laying. And apparently the males spend most of that time determining territories and getting in fights with each other. Uh, And also they love this area because apparently like duck pairs like to have their own body of water for for nesting and breeding. They don't like to share uh, a body of water. So this place with a bunch of tiny little wetlands, that works really good. It's a bunch of separate little pods.
1: Duck suburbanites.
2: They're millennial ducks, so they can't afford to buy their own body of water. They
1: <laughs> yep. rent.
3: They can only rent.
1: Duck uh, condominiums.
3: <laughs> it's a live, live poop development. Mm-hmm. Misuse. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, this is just
0: going on. It's a like migration miracle that I think is neat. And also apparently locals in the Dakotas, especially whenever there's a heavy snowfall in winter, they call it duck snow. Because they know that when it melts, there will be plenty of wetland water for the ducks in the spring. Like it's it's a very duck focused area.
1: Duck snow, huh?
0: Yeah, that's I don't I don't have any cool names for snow. It just happens no. to me,
3: you know. This is why, in my opinion, every state gets two senators. They're not apportioned because someone has to speak for Duck Country.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't have the tyranny of the majority. Uh, not let the ducks have a voice.
3: Somebody from South Dakota has to stand up for the ducks.
1: Taxes. Toilets and taxes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Folks, wow. That is the main episode for this week. Welcome to the outro with fun features for you, such as help remembering this episode with a run back through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, Donald Duck accidentally became a symbol of Chile's military dictatorship. Takeaway number two, ducks are a helpful working animal on farms and a hardy livestock for surviving climate change. And then takeaway number three, millions of North America's ducks gather and breed based on the past movements of glaciers. Those are the takeaways. Also, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now if you support this show at MaximumFun.org because members get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus story is very relevant to the barnacles episode we did and also very relevant to anybody who knows their duck anatomy because we're going to talk about the astounding features of duck genitalia and a U.S. political scandal that came out of that. Visit SIFpod.fun for that bonus show for a library of more than 11 dozen other secretly incredibly fascinating bonus shows and a catalog of all sorts of maximum fun bonus shows And like we're saying, if you join the Maximum Fun Drive, you get a huge stash of bonus audio, including an episode where me and Katie and guest David Christopher Bell talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993. And me and Katie did a crossover with Dave Holmes and with the team at the Troubled Waters podcast, another awesome Max Fun podcast. All of that stuff is special audio just for members. Thank you for being somebody who backs this podcast operation. Additional fun thing, check out our research sources on this episode's page at MaximumFun.org. Key sources this week include the U.S. Forest Service, the Ducks Unlimited nonprofit group, The Guardian, and oh, yeah, that nonprofit radio show Bird Note with the, the fun raptors at the conventions. That page also features resources such as native land.ca. I'm using those to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples. Also, Katie taped this in the country of Italy, and Jordan and Jesse each recorded this on the traditional land of the gabrielino Wartongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. I want to acknowledge that in my and Jordan and Jesse's location, and many other locations in the Americas and elsewhere, Native people are very much still here, and that feels worth doing on each episode. Also, join the free SIF Discord, where we're sharing stories about Native people and life. And hey, would you like a tip on another episode? Because each week I run all of our episode numbers through a random number generator to give you a tip on something randomly incredibly fascinating. This week's tip is episode number 49, which is about postal codes, such as zip codes in the U.S. Also, the astounding Irish postal codes for every location in every town and city. So I recommend that episode. I also recommend my co-host Katie Golden's weekly podcast, Creature Feature, about animals, science, and more. Also linking you to tons of amazing podcasts by Jordan Morris and Jesse Thorne. I'm sure you know about many of them, but especially Jordan-Jesse-Go is the two of them together. Our theme music on this show is Unbroken Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our members, and thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.